Welcome back. Transformative Trek, Transformative Prayer, part two. If you haven't watched part one, probably worth watching part two as we go through how Jesus prayed, how he ordered the world, the type of prayer that changes your entire life. And so we started with this image in part one of, and we asked, I asked everyone to see what they saw in this image. And I guessed that everyone would see the black dot. <laughs> it's the first thing you'd notice. You forget all the other blue dots and it's the black dot. And sometimes we see, that's the lens that we see the world through. Sometimes we only see the bad things. Sometimes we only see the, the neighbor getting the brand new car, the friend getting the promotion. It's not fair. And so Jesus taught his disciples, his students, a way to pray that was not a reminder of your neighbor's car, but a reminder of that God's goodness, his provision, his kingdom, and it's transformative, his kingship. It's a prayer, it's a practice that changes our minds too. Shapes our neuropathway, science would say, or Romans 12, 2, 2,000 years before that says, it will transform our minds so we can discern way better, <laughs> way more ancient. It's kind of like once you start these practices, I've got that image of getting on an escalator. And it's not even anything about going up. It can be even one of those ones at the airport that take you straight. But once you start a habit or practice, I like to think that it's an escalator, that it starts moving, it starts growing, it starts building those neuropathways. Um, it's like, I heard someone say it's like being in a hole and digging it deeper while you're in the hole. <laughs> It's like you, you keep going deeper with the hole. And so I feel like these practices, this transformation is like an escalator. Once you're on, you start heading in a healthy direction. You start noticing things. Your mind and your life start to change. It's transformative. I like when my kids at the shops, they'll get on the wrong escalator when we're trying to go up the right one. I have to quickly jump and go around and quickly chase them because they're gone. Once they're on it, <laughs> they're going the other way. If I'm going down, they're going up and they've slipped onto that one. They'll try to, I'll quickly try to run up and get on that one before I can follow them because otherwise they're just going into the distance. <laughs> going with the flow. Once you're on this track, you start to have momentum. Things start happening. Digging that hole. This is how Jesus positioned this prayer. That it's transformative. That it moves us. That, that our, his way of seeing God in the world can move and change your life. And so that's why Matthew 6, 5, 14, he says this before the prayer. He says this, listen to this. This gives us context to the Lord's Prayer, which we're going through in this series. And when you pray, he says, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Love this. Jesus couldn't be more clear. He is not giving us a magic recipe of magic words to say and just repeat until God does something. This is not about public displays. Yes, it's awesome to pray together corporately. That's not what he's against either. But it's not about a show. It's not a performance. It's not about sacred, special words to say. 
It's about a quiet, growing, transformative relationship with God. Jesus could not be more clear. This prayer on how he orders and sees the world can change you if you let it. Can change. Not him. It doesn't change God. God's already there. God's already waiting for us to acknowledge his presence. He's already finished the work. This prayer, this escalator, is just allowing us to do life and see him in it. Be more aware. Be changed and transformed. Grown. It's a quiet, humble relationship with God. And then again, Luke 11, 1 to 5, he says, Then this is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We did the first half, last part. Now we'll move on to the second half. First half was really about God's goodness. This second half is what what it does to us. The transformation. Let me read anyway. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Matthew 6, 5 to 14. I've labelled this part, this line, it radically transforms us. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Could not be more clear. This prayer is about getting on the escalator towards God. Here we go again, moving towards and changing into Jesus. Jesus is clear. If you pray like this, to have a prayer and a practice like this. Or actually, let me give it more reflective. Jesus essentially drawing the line. If your prayer life is not making you more like Jesus, then what's the point? If God has let you onto his table, if he's forgiven you into your family, he's made you whole and holy in his sight, if you can't be nice then to a stranger, Love someone different. Let them into your life. If you can't forgive them and you keep holding on to the same grudges, then you're missing the point of prayer. That's not my words. That's as we're forgiven, we forgive. It's a transformative thing. It's not a guilt thing. It's just how prayer is meant to work. (laughs) It's meant to change us. If the prayer cannot change, if your prayer practice cannot change your life, if it cannot change inside your home when the door is shut, then change the way you pray. If it's not changing you, then change the way you pray. This is clear out of the Lord's Prayer. Now, am I saying you should feel guilty if you're not perfect after you pray? (laughs) No, no, please, that's not what I'm saying. Um, Being a student to Jesus is a very slow escalator with many distractions and other escalators and roads that go right back around and make you right back at the start. Sometimes you fall the whole thing off and you tumble right back down 90%. It's not, I'm not saying if you're not perfect, (laughs) you're doing it wrong. What I'm saying is, Jesus is saying this is what prayer is for. He has this as a priority, that he, he wants more for his students than a magic poem that's stuck on the back of our toilet door. He's saying, let the king change you. Let your knowledge of who God is and what he's doing 
move and change you. And so when he forgives you, you forgive others. It's one action almost. (laughs) Remember all he has given so that you can be generous. Remember all that he has loved so that you can love. This is the transformation. This is what it means to follow Jesus and have your life transformed. This is a different type of prayer. This is a different lens to see the world. This is looking at the blue dots, not the one black dot on the screen. Be forgiven and forgive all in one motion. And then the last part of the the Lord's Prayer is highlighted in Matthew and Luke. And lead us into temptation. (laughs) Sorry. And lead us not into temptation. Don't pray, lead us into temptation. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Matthew 6, 5 to 14, the Lord's Prayer. I've labeled this line, stay the course. You finally get on this escalator. You finally find a group of people that are going to pray with you. You're going to see and activate in the world in a completely different way, under a completely different kingship. God. And then someone you know gets real sick. Or you go through a rough patch. Kid, one of your kids is really struggling with health or school. You've got a marriage issue, a health issue. And these are definitely distractions. But sometimes if you lean in, they can take you deeper. And that's why it's good to have that community as you transform. Actually, these things can actually be very transformative in your life. If you take it, if you wake up in the middle of a struggle and you can still list and thank God for everything he has done, that's going to, that's a, um, not in a fake way, not go, I'm happy, <laughs> but God, I'm really sad. I'm really, really upset. I'm really distracted, but you are still good. And then one day, or even you're like, I'm not there yet, but at the, at the end of this season, I'm going to recognize that you are still good. That's incredibly powerful. And funny enough, it's actually hardship that doesn't, is not always the thing that knocks us off this escalator. Do you know what I think is more dangerous when you're on the escalator than hardship? Because like I said, hardship can take you deeper sometimes. I think the more dangerous thing in our life, in our culture, is the opportunities. (laughs) You're on the escalator. You're transforming, you're growing with people into Jesus. Yes, you're going through hard times, but it's even just shaping you. He's completing the work in you. And there's a new opportunity. A new vice presents itself. A shining, brighter escalator appears to the right. A new habit. A habit that hits that old dopamine button in your head more than praying gratitude ever did. (laughs) And it's a public thing, this new thing, this new escalator. Everyone sees and so you get rewarded by people, by your peers. They applaud your new opportunity, your ambition. They applaud your works. Chemically, you're feeling good. You've liked that post. I don't know. (laughs) You've developed that brand. You've done that thing. You've given even to that charity. You've prayed out loud. It's the opportunities. They're not bad opportunities, but it's the opportunities that are good ones, but not God ones that often knock us off this path. They're the ones that take us to the back of the start. We end up back at the bottom of the escalator, more empty, 
<laughs> somehow more selfish, chasing that hit, whatever that is, that God says like rust and moths will destroy, that anything worldly, the shiny new escalator, won't offer you deep transformation both now and eternally. That's the thing we need to just protect ourselves from. We need to acknowledge that the moment we start moving and growing, becoming more loving, more forgiving, more patient, more kind, developing that fruit of the Spirit, the enemy hates it. The enemy hates it. And the enemy's smart, and his world is broken, and the opportunities and the vices and the distractions are going to be ones that will tempt you. Otherwise, he's not going to offer you things that don't tempt you. I don't hear me say that these things are bad all the time. But they can be distracting. It's, it's, it's a discerning process. It's not acknowledging, I just said it, it's acknowledging what's a God thing and what's a good thing. Just be careful is what this verse is saying. This last bit is, and lead us not into temptation. God, help protect me from this. Let me stay the course. Deliver me from evil. Rescue me. Help me. Both in times of hardship and both in times of incredible opportunity. Let me keep focused. This is the prayer. This is the transformative prayer that I don't know whether you do this daily, whether you do this weekly, whether who you do this with, pray in your prayer that God protects you, that he keeps you on the course, that he continues to do the work in you, that you continue to acknowledge him daily, that you continue to bring his kingdom, participate with the heavenly good father. Deliver us from this. Make us safe. Keep us on this path. Fight for us, God. And then at the end of Matthew, to finish this second part off, Matthew 6, 5, 14, Jesus says this after the prayer. And if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I think this is funny in a way. Because Jesus has already said, Forgive, forgive us our sins as we forgive our others. And then he goes into protection, a protection prayer. God, protect me, deliver me. But as if Jesus goes, no, 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 I hope you're hearing this. He repeats himself even more clearly. Jesus wants you to know. Again, this is not just my opinion on this prayer. Jesus wants to finish this prayer by repeating himself going, you need to understand this relationship, a healthy prayer life, which includes emergency prayers, which includes shopping list prayers, which includes sometimes your dreams, which includes sometimes therapy, like just speaking out loud to God, all encapsulates. But the goal of prayer, all in that, is to change you, to change communities, to bring God's kingdom. It's transformative prayer. It's so you can receive to give. It's so you can understand Christ's love, to give love. It's so you can be forgiven in one move, forgive others. It's transformative, becoming more like Jesus. 
So know God is good. Pray this prayer. Know he is from a better place. Know that he is the kingdom. Uh, kingdom. He is the king of the kingdom daily. His will be done, not yours, not mine, not ours. He will provide and has. He will forgive and form you into his image. And he will help you stay the course if you want to stay. If we stay in him. This is the transformative way prayer will and can change you and change us together. Let me pray. Our God, Father, who is the good God from a good place, from a better place, a better God than the small capital G gods of our world, a God that fulfills us, doesn't give us a quick fix, but a deep transformative life in him. True joy, true peace, true patience. Lord, you are good and we thank you for that and we remind ourselves of that any chance we get. You also have a plan, Lord. Thank you for bringing your kingdom and working with us. <laughs> Not because you need us, but you want to You want us to participate in the Father's work, Lord. Thank you for using broken humans to bring your kingdom. It's your kingdom, Lord. You put the king in kingdom. Do God, we pray for our daily bread. In fact, we bold enough to sometimes pray that the bread has jam on it, that we thank you for all the things you give to us, things we want and, well, things we need and sometimes things we want, Lord. You are a good, generous God. <laughs> and we thank you for everything provided this morning, this afternoon, today. We praise you for that, Lord. And then we just pray for your transformation. We acknowledge your forgiveness your peace and patience and generosity. And we pray that that just flows out of us as freely as you give it, we give it. Let us forgive others. Let us not hold grudges. Let us be transformed. And lastly, protect the path we're on, Lord. Let us stay this track and grow old, grow into old, peaceful, patient, inviting, generous, forgiving people. Not as old in age, but as we grow older, as we progress, let us grow and then continue <laughs> into eternity with you, looking like you, being transformed into your ways. Father, help us wrestle with this practice. Tell us anything else that needs to be said about prayer and the way it changes us. Be with us as we discuss this in groups, as we discuss this with peers or our family as we practice this practice in Jesus' name. Amen.